<laughs> okay. That sounds good. Yeah. All right. So, welcome to chapter. Uh, oops. Welcome to to, to shit fuck. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to shit fuck. Welcome to episode zero of Storyhook, where we are going to be analyzing manga. Uh, mostly, mostly manga. What we would like to do is... We want to talk about comics, baby. <laughs> we want to get better at making comics. We want to get better at reading comics more frequently. Because it's kind of hard to find time to do that in our busy retail working lives. And we want to become better artists. Yeah, one of the reasons I wanted to start this was because I wanted to make something for other creators too, for other people who want to break in, not break into the industry, but for other people who are interested in making comics and making manga. So if something isn't great, like not to shit on it, but to learn. see what we can learn from it mm -hmm. so that we could Definitely. all become better at doing this ourselves. We are not experts, so... There's that. <laughs> but, well, we are both. We are definitely we are all, amateurs. We're all passionate about creating stories, creating comics. We each have our own comic, webcomic that we're working on. I haven't touched mine in years, but. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, this is going to get you back into the swing. Absolutely. And it's going to make sure that you have a first chapter hook, which is not the title of our podcast. <laughs> but. A story no, hook. That might have been a good thing to introduce. <laughs> so, here at Story Hook, we take the first chapter of various series of manga, and guys, why do we want to do only the first chapter of these? We want to read a wide variety of different types of comics and manga to just see what gets us engaged what hooks us into the story in the first chapter if somebody just picks up the comic and flips through the first chapter are they going to be interested will you want to continue reading the series after you read the first chapter i think is mainly and what we can take away <clears throat> excuse me sorry i'm dying i'm sick <laughs> um but what we can take away from these first chapters yeah, and in addition to that, it is hard to find the time while living and existing and working under capitalism to find time to read a bunch of comics. So just picking up the first chapter of something and trying to like glean useful information about what makes it engaging and how we can carry that into our own work is a much more approachable goal for us and hopefully for you if you're listening, and you should be. One of the other reasons that I like only want to tackle the first chapter of various series is because I've always felt that the first chapter can be such a great introduction to a story's world and the artist's mind. And so I know writing a first chapter can be really tough. Uh, you know, of course, it's you're introducing so much. And that's another reason why I think it's just so valuable to really inspect these and sort of pick apart what elements are needed to go into a first chapter. Um, I want to help along other people who are just getting started and help ourselves too, because I 
have my webcomic and I would like to get back into it. I've been restarting it for years now and just couldn't, but especially because I'm in that mindset of restarting and looking at everything from a fresh perspective of just a sort of bird's eye view of what is needed, how do I establish my characters, uh, the, the theme, their goals, and just creating a through line for, for future chapters and to foreshadow things. Uh, so by looking at how other people do it, I uh, hope to learn something ourselves and hopefully teach our listeners something as well. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's it's an ambitious project. It's a lot to talk about, but it's also really fun to talk about. And we're going to be like taking a look at a lot of really fun series and a lot of stuff that we love very much. So hopefully it won't feel like a lot of work. So what kind of series do you guys really like? Well, <laughs> uh, I'm Natasha. I'm currently six, and my voice is going to sound very different, and I'm probably going to be coughing a lot. I apologize. Series that are important to me are, for example, Revolutionary Girl Utena. Big, influ- huge influence, like way more than I intended, but um, stuff like that. Madoka Magic. I love the Magical Girl series. I also love Shonen stuff. Like Inuyasha was my shit when I was a kid. I specifically, like, asked to stay up late so I could watch Inuyasha every fucking night, so like, love that sort of stuff. Um, man, anything, like, visually appealing, honestly. I love pretty artsy stuff. Gankutsuo, big inspiration. Just, I don't know, fun and interesting things. Well, um, to write on that, I'm Julian, and I also really like Magical Girl stuff. Um, specifically, Sailor Moon and Cardcaptor Sakura. Although, I would say that the anime versions of both of those are probably a bigger influence on me than the manga, necessarily. Um, when it comes to comics, I used to be really into manga. I have been branching out into more Western comics lately. There's been a lot of really great stuff that I'm really excited to talk about. Um, and I would say, as a rule of thumb, fantasy is my shit. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if it's high fantasy, if it's dark fantasy, as long as it's creative and has some spark of world building or sense of wonder, it probably already appeals to me quite a bit. So, adventures and things set in exciting, fascinating worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually don't watch a lot of anime. I don't actually read a lot of manga, despite the impressions I may have given. Part of the reason I want to do this is so that I can experience more, get exposure to more of those series. But in terms of... You're just of... trying to trick us into looking like nerds. <laughs> uh, so, as far as inspirational series... And I guess, in a way, to just sort of piggyback off of what you said, Julian, as far as anime, my first exposure to anime was also uh, Cardcaptor's, um, Cardcaptor Sakura, uh, when it was on Toonami, and that, like, blew my mind. Toonami in general, honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the manga that was really captivating to me was Tsubasa, Reservoir Chronicles, and 
that was I got into that in my formative years. I I will say very quickly, I hate that series so much. I hate the fact that I own every volume in my room and I consider throwing it out every once in a while, but it was definitely part of who I am. It definitely showed in my early styles. Um I no longer enjoy it now. I think uh and maybe we'll talk about why and what could be made better about it. Uh, mm-hmm. but I no, I no longer like that series. Uh, <laughs> after that, I would definitely, absolutely say that my favorite series, generally speaking, is not perfect, but is Bakuman, and that's the story about the manga or art aspiring manga artists who break into the shonen jump industry and try to become uh manga artists and get a running series and jump to eventually get t- turned into an anime. And I just really just personally related to the premise and it was just so great seeing other artists working together and pushing each other in such a, an industry where it's just a story making and how they inspired each other and they really turned it into uh, what what I think Bakuman itself has coined was um, non-battle battle manga. It really made... It was such a mix of slice of life and and shonen battles, and it's just competing creatively with stories. I think that might be a good transition to talk about Bakuman in, in this little test episode that we're doing, unless we want to go into something else. Yeah. No, I think this is a perfect okay. place to start. Sounds good to me. I would like to say before that, one of the reasons I am really passionate about comics in particular as a story form, as an art form, as opposed to, say, film or novels, is I am interested in drawing, I'm interested in storytelling and writing, and I just feel like manga is absolutely such a great mix of those. It's A manga artist really has to juggle so many things, uh, and, and usually on their own. That usually gives you this really personal unique feel because you can get like some weird ass stories but at the same time like some really interesting perspectives and i have always loved how wonky and different manga can be compared to things that you might see in the west so i don't want to say that we're like biased against western comics but um i I, absolutely am yeah i think we just sort of all are agreeing on that front where it's just we don't feel that there's as unique things out there as like what you can find in manga i don't know man i'm looking at bone on my bookshelf right now (laughs) thinking about how much i love rat creatures i i that's most likely julian you will be the one to lead us into the western world of comics and will i'd love to be introduced into some quality stuff because i i'm sure i sound so bigoted that i you know am biased against western comics but yeah, it's just it just seems a lot of samey a lot of samey stuff to me. But I'm sure there's good stuff out there. It's just I just have a terrible preconception. Yeah, honestly, you just have to dig to find the good stuff in my opinion, like because you know the the industry giants are Marvel, DC, and kind of um gosh, what's the, what's the one? Dark Horse, Black Horse, whatever. Dark Anyways, Horse. like those are thank you. Those are the giants. And so, like, anything that's not, like, the main superheroes isn't really well-known. Anything that's not superheroes isn't really well-known. So, like, I've found that there's some really good indie comics. There's some really good, like, for example, not necessarily indie, but 
the gem and the holograms comic fantastic visually just stunning something i never would have expected from a western comic just because of my absolute bias but really there's a lot of really good interesting stuff you just have to dig through all of the copy pasted superheroes to find something unique and interesting hellboy is another great example something i would definitely recommend we pick up at some point yeah i would also say that um a good rule of thumb with certainly a couple exceptions are that if you are looking for good western comics you need to look for creators who are women mm-hmm. and stories that are gay mm-hmm. generally speaking Generally speaking, those things will lead you to good, valuable content, and everything else can... you can skip it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, honestly. I would like to add real quick, when we say Western comics, we're generally referring to what's published and big. Like, that's not to say web comics, obviously made by, like, independent Western creators, because we will still eat that shit up. Right. Like... There are yeah, that a lot is a of... completely different category. Right. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of free comic hosting websites, and that's where you get the weird shit that I was saying I sort of appreciate getting from manga, is that you get these things that are really can be really personal, really unique. Where did we leave off? <laughs> okay. I think we were just going to start talking about... Uh, ba- Bakuman. Bakuman. Bakugan. Bakugan. <laughs> don't don't try Pokemon. and confuse them, Julian. Bakugan is for little babies. <laughs> Bakugan is where you throw is the is the show where kids throw monster balls at each other. Bakugan is no no. You see, Bakugan Bakugan is the professor. Bakuman is the monster. I the, because the, it's Baku monster. The, yeah. There's something there. It, it, I don't have it, but there's something That's okay. There. You get the gist of my joke. Also, Bakugan, I didn't think I would like that show, but I kind of, I, I like, it was on, and I was like, <laughs> this is dumb. And then, like, it was just on in the background. I was like, oh, no, I kind of like it. <laughs> it's kind of how it was with uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! for me. It's like, an anime about card games? Oh, this is, this is pretty stupid. I love it. <laughs> Oh, I loved Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> oh my god, that dragon has three heads. I didn't think Yu-Gi-Oh was stupid. I thought it was extraordinarily high stakes. I thought it was fun. Anyway, should we talk about Bakuman? Nah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright. So, uh, how do, do we... Do we want to start with you or end with you? Because you're the one who's read this before. Very good point. Well, which one of you guys wants to talk first? I'll go last. I think I think you should go first, Natasha. Oh boy. Because you took notes. All I right. sure did. So <clears throat> all right. Why don't you lead us in, Natasha, with your experience <laughs> of Pokemon? Alright. Um so upon reading Bakuman blindly, having never read it before, uh first of all I would like to apologize in advance, Pierce. I'm ready. <clears throat> so the notes that I took, starting with the look of it. Um, I love Obata's art. Like, that was part of what drew me into um, Death Note was the art. So, like, already it's it's just visually appealing. There's really fun 
angles. Um, he's really good with perspective, like just lovely, lovely job on the art. Yeah. Yeah. Same, Nothing same like, artist as Death Note. Right. So like the designs are like, yeah, it's, it's a slice of life, whatever. Um, <clears throat> but it's well done. The feel. I, uh, I wrote one bullet point here and it says bored. I was not hooked at all. There is nothing that I could find that brought me in that made me want to cheer these characters on. Um, even the motivation of, oh, I have a crush on this girl. This guy is forcing me into it because she also wants to do stuff with anime. Like, that's that just nothing. There's nothing there. Nothing about that made me want to, like, made me think that these characters have any depth to them, any sort of, like, real actual drive, except for the guy who is forcing this upon the other guy. God, I don't even remember their names. Um, That's how much of an impression it left on me. I'm so sorry. First As of all... As for the concept, it's... I, I would, no, no <laughs> not, not even in defense... But I would just say you don't have to apologize about this. If it's your experience, then <laughs> that's what it is. That's that's so fair. So don't I'm... don't ever be sorry about your feeling either way. And this is for future reference too, for other episodes too. Like if we're okay. reviewing something like really great, or that's viewed as like really great, we shouldn't have to apologize. If mm -hmm. something didn't hook us, if there was like some secret thing that was like, oh, but guys, you just didn't get the thing that that of what was about that. Right. It was like, well, if it didn't, if I didn't get it then I didn't get it, and that's totally valid. Okay, that's fair. I was only apologizing because I know you love this manga. Oh, no, no, please um, continue to shit on it. <clears throat> I've been preparing myself for this all day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you prepared yourself because I'm about to take an even bigger shit. Okay. Um, so, moving on to the concept. Um, this one has my most bullet points here. So, what... I get out of what they are trying to achieve, what message they're trying to get across, they being the writer and the artist, is we made a popular series, we're experts now, we should write a manga about how we're experts. That's what impression it gave me. Which, like, yeah, they made Death Note, so super popular, great. But, like, the fact that they kept name-dropping Death Note, the fact that they're just like, oh, I know all these details about being a manga artist, it's tough nobody can make it like like just the way they were going about it was really condescending um snobbish is the word i used here it, it the writing definitely felt snobbish to me which in death note i could work with because light is a fucking prick love love that series don't get me wrong but in that series it felt more fitting to his character as opposed to this, which is just a slice of life about people making comics where they're still talking as condescendingly as light. Maybe not as, not quite calling themselves God yet, but um, point being, they just, it just felt like really condescending in tone, I guess. Um, and then the girl is not a character. She is less than a character. Not only is she introduced as, oh, that's the love interest. As soon as she's, like, brought in and given, like, ambitions, they're immediately like, actually, she's not a character. You're not going to see her. And it was just, like, uh, that's always just so exhausting. It's always exhausting when there's just, like, this is the girl character. That's her character, the girl. But, like, 
to go a further step and be like, yeah, she's not actually going to be in the series is like, well, okay. And lastly, I'm sorry, I'm talking about this a lot. My last bullet point here is uh, the message so far isn't very encouraging to aspiring manga artists or comic artists. Like, again, it really gave that condescending tone. Um, didn't make me want to cheer for the characters. It made it seem like it's just not worth it in the end. Like, granted, again, this is the first chapter, but if I read this as a kid, I probably would have been like, wow, this doesn't make me want to make comics. So that's that's my take on it. All right. And your take is valid. I am valid. <laughs> um, I'm just going to jump right in. To go off of some of the things that you said specifically, uh, I guess first of all I should say, I did read a little bit of Bakuman before when it ran in physical Shonen Jump in the US. Um, they aired it for a little while, and I kept up with it a little bit. Um, they skipped around a whole bunch, which was weird, I don't know why they did that, but I enjoyed it relatively well when I read it the first time. So this was the first time I've gone back to it since then, and that was, like, probably the better part of a decade ago. So I was dusting this guy off. And on my return tour, I will actually say, I thought all the Death Note references were cute. And I think it's if fair. I was the author of Death Note, I would have thrown in a ton of Death Note references also. That's valid. The first one made me laugh. I'll admit. The, like, oh, what, it's not a Death Note, ha <laughs> ha. I was like, ha ha. <laughs> but then they were like, yeah, the author of Death Note. And I was just like, hmm. I do also think that it's interesting that the author of Death Note and Death Note exist in the universe of Bakuman. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> um, anyways, um, to go through the same categories. Uh, I do. I do think that the, I agree. The first time I chuckled and the second time I was like, all right. <laughs> Um, starting with the look of it, um, I'm actually going to steal a bullet point from you that you didn't mention. I think it has excellent, really dramatic angles for being a slice of life comic. You're um, right. it is full of expressiveness, if not in like the character's facial expressions, I think they can be a little samey, but the like body language and the composition of it is not the way slice of life is usually organized. Mm -hmm. It is bombastic. It is all over the place. Characters are just sort of like explosively framed, which really does like sell this idea that it's a high stakes gamble, which I guess is kind of what they're trying to characterize this adventure as. That leads kind of right into the feel is that I think it's a little, I have mixed feelings about it. I think that as someone who enjoys slice of life stories, like a fair amount, I do kind of like that they throw in these over the top details. Like, I like that there's this whole over the top sort of uh, promise that they have to each other. Um, I like that the characters are motivating each other and pulling themselves into this this system that they've created the rules for. Like they're holding themselves to these really high standards and trying to accomplish so much. Like. It's very high stakes for Slice of Life, which I think makes for the most entertaining Slice of Life, generally speaking. When you inject it with just, like, a taste of fantasy, a taste of that over-the-top flavor, I think that's good, and I enjoy that about it. That said, 
going off of some of the stuff you said, Natasha, mm. I don't particularly like any of the characters. The main character, as of chapter one, is insufferable. He mm. has no personality. He has no ambition. And honestly, like, the fact that it also sets him up as being very talented on top of that, I just, like... Granted, this is chapter one. He might find himself uh, broken and pushed later in the series. But as of chapter one, I'm just like, okay, cool. This guy's a whiz kid who doesn't feel like he should use his talents for something. But now he's going to, and we're going to see him be good at it. I'm sure that's not how it plays out. But it just doesn't sell him as a very compelling character to me. Mm -hmm. And if I were the girl that he is into, I wouldn't give a shit about him. Mm -hmm. Um... Speaking of, I am just, I'm just going to springboard off of what you said about, uh, the girl, because yeah, like she's not much of a character. There is that tiny silver lining where she's like, yeah, I have my own arc and I have my own ambitions. And then they immediately take her out of the story where she's like, I'm not going to be in this for the rest of it. And a little bit of a spoiler warning, I guess, for anyone reading Bakuman, I think I remember them going back on that. I think she does come back into the story later. So maybe they do something to remedy that down the road. But that's not what we're talking about here today. We're talking about chapter one. And chapter one doesn't, pray to, doesn't paint a pretty picture mm-hmm. for um, what you can expect from this character. Yeah, like any is... girl that picks up this manga and just reads the first chapter is going to be like, oh, I see. So that's how you're going to like treat the only girl character like... Yeah, it's immediately pretty alienating, and um, that sucks. Not great. As far I'm going to go with the same categories. I'm going to go into concept. Um, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with the concept. Um, It didn't come across quite... I'm saying um way too much. Next time I say um, you need to shoot me. Like, both of you. (laughs) I didn't think it came across quite as condescending as you did, Natasha. I think that the creators having a successful series under their belt are pretty well equipped and advantaged to make a series where they explore some of the challenges and nuances of the industry that they had to deal with. And also, I think it gives them a unique place to dramatize some of those experiences in ways that will maybe ring more true and legitimate to people with similar experiences to them in the industry and also be entertaining to people who are outside of the industry. So I think it's a cool concept and I think it's a cool concept for people who have made a successful shonen series to tackle. And I bet they do some fun and interesting stuff with it down the road, but chapter one does not do a great job of making me super invested in the premise because again, I'm not super invested in the characters I, it doesn't really give you any sort of concept of what they're setting out to create. So any room that you might have had to be like excited about the manga that they are going to make or what type of series they're going to try to tackle, it doesn't really like introduce you to any of those concepts in chapter one. So you're just kind of like, okay, they're going to do something and it's going to be cool and ambitious and you have to take our word for that. And it's like, ah, I'll pass. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you didn't really give me an indication of that. I could maybe say a little bit more about that because, again, I read some more of it later and I think that ended up being kind of something I struggled with later down the road where I felt like I felt like I wanted the series to pay more attention to what they were trying to create. Um, 
I said it again. I'm going to stop talking before I say it a third time. That's about my thoughts on the first chapter of Bakuman. I'm going to hand it over to you, Pierce. All right. Good. Yeah. All right, everyone. That was our first episode. Goodbye. Um, (laughs) All right, the end. We're done. (laughs) So for my impression of Bakuman, coming back to it, having read the whole series and coming back, uh, I got to say, I agree with almost everything that you guys have said. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I think that the characters are very unsympathetic. I do think that they are leaning more into their premise and they don't do a great job of establishing the characters. The paneling is pretty boring. It's uh, very samey. At the same time, it makes it very readable. Uh, It is slice of life, so you're not expecting these crazy angles or anything uh, in terms of the panels. So it's certainly serviceable, again, for a slice of life. It's not necessarily a bad thing. As far as the art goes, I'm really had glad to hear, Natasha, that you that was one of the selling points for you was Obata's art. I can't say that I'm a huge fan of it myself. Uh, it's consistent, which is what's more important. You know, it's it's doesn't look like a lot of other anime out there, so mm-hmm. it's it's definitely unique. He has he has his his own style. I do agree that there are some excellent poses here, like for just I remember there is a panel of Takagi, the the writer, just like shrugging, but he's doing it so, I don't know, the way that they pose the characters can be really, they put a lot of emotion into it, and I find myself staring at them like way after I'm done reading the page and just having fun Mm -hmm. with it. Regarding the female character. The who? Yeah, she is. (laughs) Oh, Must have missed her. I agree. She, they do a real terrible job with that. But I want to say, both of you guys mentioned that if you were girls reading this, you would not be interested in this. This would just tell you, like, this is not for you. Right. I want to sort of play devil's advocate a little bit here. Is that I know some people out there will be like, well, it's Shonen Jump. Like, what did you expect? It's a magazine for boys. Of course, the girl's not going to be developed well. And to that, I would say that even if this is a magazine that is dedicated to young boys as their audience, I would not say that underdeveloped female characters is part of what makes a story that's centric around like male characters or what... I don't even know what makes male what that's even defined as but i know that and and this is going to be a a running theme in whatever we talk about from uh shonen jump most likely it's definitely underdeveloped female characters and sexism against them or just Mm -hmm. there are certain things that female characters just are not able to do or there's certain roles that they are never given Mm -hmm. in a lot of series in shonen jump and I don't think that should ever be considered something as being part of a boy or being what like like part of a genre. Yeah, like there that's that has nothing to do with it. You, there's why can't mm-hmm. you have a good female character in a series that uh, is primarily appealing to boys? Like there's there should be no correlation between those two things. Yeah. So to anyone who would suggest that like oh well 
why would you expect a well-written female character in a boys manga magazine like that's my argument back so unsubscribe mm, stop like, listening why... i don't like you <laughs> honestly like <laughs> like why would you assume don't don't unsubscribe on patreon keep keep patreon <laughs> but just um, just stop listening yeah we have no room for sexism or misogyny here we will be talking about it extensively i'm sure mm-hmm. and we'll not waste any opportunity to make sure that it gets examined um yeah i i think that's a really great point pierce like there's no reason why boys young or old should not cannot and will not enjoy well-developed female characters there's nothing antithetical about a well-developed female character in a story that is i guess aimed at boys mm-hmm. like a good example would be again inuyasha classic it's done by a female author and artist rumiko takahashi the main character is female but it is still a staple in the shonen category because it is an action-filled, bloody series. But Rumiko, being the saint that she is, writes her female characters as actual characters. Like, still makes them interesting. It's right. It's not hard to make your characters people. Like, that's all you gotta do. And the first step of that is actually having them feature in your series. Mm-hmm. And not giving them a convenient one out, a, a way a way to not feature in the series in chapter one. Yep. Bring it back to Bakuman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if that wasn't clear. I don't want to make it sound like I'm just going to keep shitting on this first chapter, or that any of us are going to continue doing that, because... Oh, I will. What's, what's great... I'm sorry, continue. No, no. What's great about these chapters that we don't necessarily like that is what i would love to talk about more because then we could talk about how we can fix them and what would Mm -hmm. make them better and i want to focus on like that is the biggest thing i want to do with this podcast hell yeah at first i gotta say that i was flipping through the first chapter when I was on the phone with Julian last night and I was just saying to myself oh no oh no oh no I already know what they're gonna say <laughs> and I'm already getting like yep. personally defensive for like my own character since like it was like I gotta defend myself because I said I like this series and so like for them to dislike the manga is for them to like dislike part of me but then after I went back earlier today and reread everything I was like no like this the first chapter did not do a great job and i am very excited to get into talking about how it's to be improved so i again i just want to restate that if you're patient i'll get to that point but right now <laughs> i want to keep talking about what it did not do well and what it did do well um we can't fix it until we've established the problems sure right. so i just want to reiterate that our critiques of this series come from the fact that we are also comic creators or trying to be and we want this series to be good we want series that we read like we don't want to look at series and talk trash about them just because we think they're trash like we want to like these series and so when we try and talk about them it comes from that point where this is something that we want to do too and we want to see the other series be good too, because why Why wouldn't we? We want to see more good series out there so that we can read, because we love comics. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
so to continue on with how I felt about the art, I have to say that, unfortunately, this is something I have to say, but they have backgrounds, and a good amount of them. Not a lot of manga series will, a lot of them will get cheap and stop including backgrounds. This I didn't make a note of that. This has a consistent amount of backgrounds. I didn't make a note of that, but that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the characters are always inhabiting space in a very, like, tangible way. Yeah, it really does, like, ground them and make it feel more realistic, I guess, more slice of life, because they're in that physical space that you can see, I guess. Yeah, I think slice of life stuff especially falls victim to letting characters exist in a void, because it's character-driven or dialogue-driven more than it's environmentally-driven a lot of the time. And yeah, this did a great job of being very consistent about its locations and backdrops. I did not make any note of that whatsoever on my go-through, but that's a great observation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, revisiting this chapter after so long, I really do, as a series, I think a part of why I love it so much really does come from the premise. Um, not that there's nothing else between the first and last chapters, but this did not do a great job of setting up what I think this series does good throughout the rest of it. But it should have. The characters were... like uh, uh, um, I guess before that I would like to say that I did not get the feeling that they were being uh, snobby or pompous. I have to say I did not read Death Note at all. I have maybe seen one or two episodes of the anime. But I do know that they did that piece of work before they did Bakuman. I did not perceive them as being mm -hmm. snobby or that their point of it was to ride on those coattails. So let's talk about the elephant in the room, which is the story. <laughs> uh, and how we can imp go and improve it. Your main character, Moritaka, or Psycho... Uh, wow, I just realized that could be like P-S-Y-C-H-O. Uh, <laughs> um, he's your main character, the artist of the eventual team, Takagi and Moritaka. They set his character up to be someone who is lost in life. He doesn't have much care for anything. He's just sort of drifting. Isn't sure what he wants to be when he grows up. He says that he'll become an average salary man and just fade into complacency, essentially. And the story is trying to set up his character as complacent, unpassionate, and unwilling to sort of reach out to anything. And so then enter his uncle and Takagi, right? Both of them are supposed to provide this sort of foil to him where they are passionate. His uncle was passionate about creating manga. Um, his friend is passionate about creating manga, Takagi, rather. And it's trying to be like, hey, like, look, these guys have passions too. They are trying to follow their dream. It's something that the main character doesn't have. And so far, that's great. And I do like that Granted, Azuki's the girl character, she is very underdeveloped, but at the very end, they do reveal, like, hey, she has a passion that, like, you wouldn't expect either, and she's not exactly ashamed of it either. She's willing to admit it to them. 
So it becomes this thing where the main character is surrounded by people who are passionate about what they're doing, like, openly. And it sort of forces him, or what the story's trying to do, is have him come to this realization where, like, hey, I can do this too. There's something I can pursue, even though it's not normal. They continually set up manga creating as something that is abnormal and not really typical. It's atypical. And for him to embrace that is sort of is supposed to be his turning point towards becoming passionate about something, to becoming manly almost, because they do sort of align his passion with manliness and masculinity a little bit. However, I'd love to actually step in here. Um, going off that, I definitely, I can see where they're trying to be like, they're trying to pull passion from this character to be like, look, you don't have to be complacent. You can be passionate. But I don't think they did a good job of showing that the main character has any, like, hidden passion. Like, he likes to draw. He's good at it, sure. But, like, literally the only reason he did this was because he was forced to in front of his crush. Like, that's the only motivation we have from him. And I think that really falls flat. If they had been, like... Oh yeah, he has a story he's been working on for years, but has, like, no intention of publishing it or doing anything with it, but he's really passionate about this story he's making. And then this guy finds these characters, this art, and is like, wow, you're really good, you should team up with me and work on this. Like, I would have been interested in that. But because he's just, like, as a character, is so complacent... Like, not just accepting the fact that he is probably going to grow up to be complacent, but is already just like, I have no passion, I have nothing. Like, just nothing to grab me. Yeah, I really agree with that. I think if there had been more of an emotional hook in the main character, if he had had a layer of more palpable insecurity or emotional investment in his creative endeavors or passions, it would have given an entire another dimension to this first chapter that would have just made it so much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Even if he was unwilling to face up to that, even if he was still ultimately, like, embarrassed or ashamed of that ambition or not wanting to accept that other people are trying to draw it out of him, if it had been laid out as something that was a more real, tangible part of his character... I think it would have gone a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How we can go about fixing this and making sure that this was a good first chapter without... I want to do this without trying to change the story too much. So, Natasha, mm-hmm. you had mentioned that if the main character had this sort of layer to him already, like something that... To show that he had this sort of latent passion that he was interested in, but that he was too ashamed to pursue it. That would work. I think that would work. Right. Or even if he was, like, so demotivated by the events with his uncle, where he's like, I have this huge passion, but I've seen what it does to people, and because of that, I decided just to be a businessman, because, like, yeah, I have this thing that I'm very passionate about, but I don't want it to do that to me. I will say this, though. I have the impression that what the artists and or the rather the author is trying to get across I actually 
at least in this first chapter, I don't think that their message is... I, I almost get the impression like they, they don't want to say, like, hey, drawing manga is where it's at. I almost don't feel that. I feel like what they're trying to do is a little more general, where they're just like, hey, it's more about just following your dream and doing what you're passionate about in that regard. So Yeah, but the main character doesn't have a pre- dream. Precisely. That's 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 my exactly. issue. I think that the only thing with that suggestion is that if we're saying, hey, like if if drawing was his passion, then it might be this thing where it's like, okay, well now he's going to be doing the thing that he's wanted to do, which is cool. But I almost feel like that's not what they're trying to say, um, for better or worse. Are you? I because when are you okay if I step in? No. <laughs> go <on>. okay <laughs> but no 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 i didn't know if you were looking for where to go with that or if you were gonna finish that thought finish i was that. gonna i was just gonna finish up and say that when moritaka at the end decides he's going to be an artist to start creating manga his reasons are not because he's passionate about it at all it's very calculated it's because oh he wants to marry this girl that the reader has no idea about. There's no context for why he would want to be with her. We don't even know if they've spoken to each other before or anything. There's no context there. It's clear that it's his choice to become a manga artist isn't out of passion. It's And that's sort of why I'm getting that impression where I feel like the artist, uh, I'm sorry, the author rather, is trying to almost step away and maybe i'm wrong but this is the sort of impression that i got where it was more like no just doing something and being passionate about following your dream or i guess you know like i'm being contradictory or not even your dream but just following anything and being unashamed of it is i think more what they were getting at or if that's not what they were trying to get at that's what i feel that they're trying to get at so go on julian um God, I said it again. I agree with that. I agree with that reading. I agree with everything both of you have said. And I think to provide a solution, what would have been great is if there had been an emotional breakthrough in this first chapter. Because essentially, what the other two characters are ostensibly trying to do, or what the author is trying to do through these two characters is force the protagonist to reconcile their passions. They, they, they want to force the protagonist to come to terms with the reality that it is okay to have a dream, it is okay to be ambitious, and it is okay to believe in things and not just succumb to whatever... Normalcy. Hopelessness has fallen over. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And we don't see that, really. Instead, the one of the main characters loops the protagonist into this whole over-the-top promise ordeal and in the process of which we learn that the other character the female character is also on her own journey that she's really passionate about but none of these things coalesce into a moment where the protagonist reconsiders their own feelings Mm -hmm. about all this they just sort of resign themselves to it with the same sort of like lackadaisical disaffected outlook that they had all along they're just sort of like oh i didn't realize that she also had her own goals huh i guess i will go along with this so we can get married and like they kind of 
they kind of touch on that. But I would have much preferred if this first chapter's focus was breaking the protagonist out of their shell. Mm-hmm. And there was a layer of, like, emotional earnestness that just isn't present. Mm-hmm. Precisely. So, I think that to give, and it doesn't need to be a lot at all, but just to give a little bit of more context with the female character, Azuki, to just give us a better understanding of maybe an interaction that Moritaka and her have had in the past, or, or something that would make her a little more of a character than as opposed to, like, the girl on the pedestal that he's trying to reach. Mm-hmm. If we had just a tiny little glimpse as to, like, this is what it's something tangible that he's reaching for it's not just like oh this idea of marriage it's it would give it it would make it a lot more personal to our protagonist but right now we really can't empathize with that and with his uncle his uncle wasn't when he when moritaka young moritaka asks his uncle why did you get into manga do you guys remember his answer it was to get girls it wasn't because yeah. he was passionate about it either himself but just that he followed it and he was a gambler and that he went for something that that sort of adds to that idea i have or it's just like we're not even saying that you know go for manga it's just break from the normalcy and don't be afraid to do it and i think that if we just had that little bit of context, I think that would have gone such a long way to help us empathize with Moritaka a little more. Mm-hmm. You want you want us to cheer him on. Like, you want us to get hooked into this, and I can't hook into a slice-of-life manga if I don't like the character. <laughs> Wait, are you saying that the, the main character needs to be somebody that, like, we can relate to? Oh, man. A bunch of creators did not get that memo <laughs> in the manga industry. Yeah, like, it, it doesn't even have... They don't even have to be a good person, but, like, specifically in this instance, like, just just make me root for him. Make me interested in why he's doing this, at the very least. Or even if I can't root for the main character or be on his side, make me interested in wanting to see him get better. Like, make it clear that the series and the other characters in the series, like, these circumstances are going to try to grow this premise and grow this character. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like, the way this first chapter comes across is like, hey, you see this? This is exactly what you're going to get every single time you sit down and read a chapter of this forever. Yep. And it's like, okay, cool. I'll save the time <laughs> and not do that. Alright, we all agreed that the main character is not very empathetic, and that's pretty important for his first chapter. Not that they have to be a good guy, but we at least need to have a good understanding of where they're coming from, uh, what's forming the decisions that they're making. Um, I think if you're going to include a girl character, make it a character. Um, I'd like to add... To that or edit that and say include a girl character not yeah. if like go out of your way to include a girl character and make her a character if you're writing a story if you're an aspiring creator and there are no female characters who feature prominently in your story you're wrong yeah like literally 
take any one of your male characters and just make them a female character instead. Honestly. And then do that again. Like, at don't least change do it twice. anything. Like, don't change anything about what the character does, says, acts. Like, don't change anything. Just make it a girl so that there's representation. That's all you need to do. That's all. That's it. Yeah. That's like, it. it's. I gotta speak to that. I've done that with several of my own characters in my own story. And if you swap your character's sex or gender and find that you can no longer relate to them then I have to say you probably didn't understand your character too well no I guess I, I that's how I wanted to end that you probably just don't know your character very well if yeah. you yeah. swap their gender and just don't feel for them anymore or like are confused mm-hmm. your and gender I think... the gender should not have to do with your character's personality and if Absolutely. it does then I really hope there's a reason for it in the story and it like has a reason <laughs> Yeah, I think it speaks to writing a character instead of a plot device, because if Mm -hmm. the only reason you're including a character who is a girl is because you need that character to do something that you think only a girl can do, are they really a character? Like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are too many plot devices with boobs. It sucks. Um, So don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, have, have a female character... That's an actual character, not just the love interest, the motivation. Like, please make it a character. Is there like a, is there a nice little takeaway um, overall? Well, I have a question. Were you hooked? Good question. You can't ask me that question. (laughs) Well, obviously you were because you kept reading it. So yeah, you were hooked. Julian, were you hooked? No. Me neither. No, I can't say that I was. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I think that if I was reading this now for the first time, I might read the next few chapters just because the premise is still got hold of me that they're going to go and create manga in this manga industry. I would still mm-hmm. be hooked from that just from the premise. I would not be happy about it, but it would be the same sort of thing where I read a manga and... I accept those things that are usually bad in manga and it's just I accept it because I see it a lot and that's unfortunate but I feel like I would be giving it that treatment as well Mm. that's fair yeah alright cool how do we want to end this well there were a couple other segments that we wanted to have in this although I will say we are already at I think an hour and a half recording that's completely unedited though right yeah it's gonna be so much less after that i'm gonna cut Um, out everything you guys said about female representation it's just really not necessary (laughs) you know while you're at it just cut out everything i've said it'll be perfect yeah you know what it just let's just cut out our female representation absolutely (laughs) um i think we've gone over the chapter pretty well We've gone over our conclusions, our final thoughts. Here's something that we didn't really do. We have not provided any examples of a comic or series that we think does a baller job at the things this specific chapter did not do great. Well, to be fair, there, it's... Hmm, I haven't read in a long time. <laughs> so, I'm sure a All lot right. of stuff, if I went back and read it... Like, I'd like I'd to be talk like, to oh, you guys actually. about a series called Ars Avum. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, we have to eventually. Not on this podcast. You guys want to know what the protagonist of Bakuman reminds me of? Oh, please tell. The main character of Bakuman reminds me of Scott Pilgrim. Oh, man. Only... Huh. Less funny? Yeah, he isn't funny. Which I think is, like, Scott's only redeeming quality. I wouldn't even call it redeeming. (laughs) (laughs) Only interesting quality. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Scott Pilgrim as a series and movie, but Scott Pilgrim as a person is absolutely insufferable. I'm also going to say it's been a while since I've read the comics, so I am going to withhold any official opinions on it until I go back and reread them. Um, I would say Moritaka is so boring. (laughs) 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 Us talking about the first chapter of Bakuman (laughs) is, uh, this sucks. (laughs) You know what else sucks? I gotta pee. (laughs) everything all right um, well on that note crash i just left haha ha ha that's ha. okay it wasn't funny don't include that <laughs> <laughs> no but i actually think there might like i don't want to talk too in depth about scott pilgrim because i feel like it it straddles a really weird line of being like incredibly successful as far as like smaller independent comics go while also still like the creator is still a relatively like independent person and it straddles that line just perfectly enough that i feel a little weird uh talking about it without being like fresh and up to date on it because i don't want to be just like throwing a bunch of um Mm -hmm. claims at the wall uh anyways that, that being said um i do think that the main characters of both of those series have a lot in common in how they are non engaging and I think there's an interesting conversation to be had there, but I don't know if this is the time to have it. <laughs> you know um, what we should do? Rosario plus Vampire. Ooh. It's on jump. It is. <laughs> oh, great. Great. Mm, yeah. Oh, this is just what I wanted. Anyways. I, let me add in a segment about that right now, actually. <laughs> I did just want to have um, a little thing where I can, if readers wanted to follow along, how they can do so. And I did want to mm-hmm. mention the Shonen Jump app. It's a good idea. Uh, let's see. How do I want to say this? Do you guys want to try? Because I feel like when when I come back and edit it, it's going to be a lot of me talking. Do you guys? When you guys want to introduce it? Sure. I just want to say that like you could just start out by being like, and by the way, uh, if a, a lot of the series we're going to be talking about um, could be found, you know, or uh, potentially, right? Um, yeah. on the Shonen Jump app or the Viz app, just mention that it's only $2 a month to sign up and you have access to a ton of manga, including Bakuman, which we talked about today. Are those two different and apps or is that the same app? They are two different apps. Okay. Uh, and they both the cost Viz the same app, amount? Viz is free. Viz, oh. Viz, with the Viz app, you can read a lot of first chapters for free as is just by downloading the app um and anything beyond that you have to buy but you can buy them all digitally and just have them downloaded on your phone even if it's not downloaded on your phone if you can let's just log in and from like a new device and just download it to there also with the shonen jump app that gets updated weekly with their newest issue and it only pertains to Shonen Jump series, not and not even all of them, but a lot of them. And you could just like, for example, Naruto, you can read in its entirety, like just immediately with just access it. Like I went from the first chapter to the last chapter 
within seconds and was just able to see the chapters without even downloading it. Like, if you have a connection to the internet, you could just view them immediately. Um, and already, I think that we could just record me talking about this. Yeah, I think, having... honestly, like, that was, that was plenty pretty of good. information. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the Viz app is free. You can buy volumes on there that are just not included in Shonen Jump. Cool. All right, so how do we want to roll out on this? By me continuing that thought real quick, because I just <laughs> realized that what literally sets Scott Pilgrim apart from Moritaka... Um, is that he's in a band of his own free will? Well, he's in a band of his own free will. That doesn't really factor into his character in a very major way in either iteration of the story. Um, in fact, I would say that like he's not even super passionate about being in the band, which, mm-hmm. uh, again, is something he has in common with Moritaka, is that they are both kind of like aloof and directionless characters that don't give a shit about anything, and that sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, going in line with some of the things that we had to say about Bakuman, um, one of the only things that makes Scott Pilgrim's character interesting is the female characters who are in his life. Um, the various female characters who are in that series and their, uh, disappointment with Scott and rejection of Scott's shitty behavior and ways that they sort of, uh, pull the narrative in their own direction, Mm -hmm. um, and are interesting in their own right is kind of what saves that series and makes it worthwhile and certainly the only thing that even comes close to making, like, Scott even remotely a bearable protagonist like i think those comics would be better if he were not the protagonist probably um but i think what makes that work is that there are all of these engaging female characters who are sort of reacting and responding to his character which is something that is completely missing from bakuman and something that we were saying could be better about it Mm -hmm. is literally if there were context like if there were a female character and on top of that if there were context between him and that female character if they had any layer of interaction history or relationship on any level it would be so much more engaging but that just isn't there Mm -hmm. sorry just weird specific observation (laughs) i didn't mean to go on a tangent with that but i was just like god that's really weirdly similar not at all (laughs) All right, that's going to do it for what we think about Bakuman. Uh, That's sort of a brief look at how we intend to tackle future series. We hope to just sort of pick it apart, but also try and give readers or listeners an idea of how they can maybe implement these changes into their own story if they feel that maybe they've heard something that maybe their own story is suffering from and they can make improvements to their own yeah 100 percent. how do we want to end it just do we want to just end it on do we want to do like overall thoughts on bakuman one sentence go sort of thing yeah yeah we can go in a circle Hmm. (laughs) who starts okay um bakuman in one sentence there are aspects of its execution as a slice of life series that i think are unique and have potential, but overall its unwillingness unwillingness to commit to interesting or dynamic characters makes it completely not compelling. Yeah. Alright. I think that sums up my feelings entirely. For me, great premise, weak characters. I think that's it. Yeah. I think that, that definitely sums it up. Yeah. Yeah, in a nutshell. All right, so I think at this point, we should 
probably do our outro of like reintroducing ourselves and like saying our goodbyes however we decide to do that i would just like to say knowing that i know the series the whole series and now you know no longer looking at it as just from the first chapter it i can't say that it really gets that much better with the characters that was it's uh till the end the characters just they don't they don't go much deeper with them and that was something i found really disappointing a lot of the times uh, we don't really get to know, figure out a lot of the nuances with the characters. Uh, a lot of times I'm more interested in their competing with other people than the intricacies of their personalities between them. But uh, I'd have to say it it's interesting to see, like, uh, to analyze the first chapter and to recognize that now personally. And then notice that that carries through the entire series. So that's pretty damning. At the same time, I don't want to end on a bad note because at the, I do. This is my favorite series as a manga. Um, I chose this manga for our little first episode, episode zero or episode one, because I think that my experience of it when I first read it hasn't changed. Like my my experience reading it for the first time is what it was. How I experienced it then won't change. How I experience it now is its own thing. But what it had been to me was just artists and authors just struggling and competing and encouraging each other to push each other and to create a cool story. And the different intricacies with Shonen Jump and, and how what it would be like to have a job creating that. And that was sort of, you know, my dream at one point. And I would hope that it is for our listeners as well. And that's sort of why I'd like to keep doing this podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I think that's completely valid. And I think it's important to take a step back whenever you're con- uh, criticizing anything um, or examining anything. And always remember that, like, not everything necessarily holds up, um, especially things that you may have read or consumed when you were younger you may not have the same relationship with them now and i think it's important to be able to pull what was important about it at the time Mm -hmm. um and think about that because you have to think as a creator people are going to have different relationships with what you're creating at different points in their life as well Mm -hmm. and you want to be able to reflect back on what was so meaningful to you Um, about an individual work and be able to recognize like did this come from the technical execution like was I really just swept off my feet by how good this was or was there just something about it um, you know was there just something about my own experience in reading it that was magical that I can try to recapture in another way yeah for my own for my own stuff for our own creations I think it's cool that you chose Bakuman for our first episode, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's cool that uh, it's one of your favorite series, in spite of these long-standing and glaring flaws that you are like willing and able to recognize. And I'm excited to be able to talk about stuff that I have kind of a complicated relationship with, like that with as we go forward with this. Absolutely. So. So? What can people expect us to discuss next time? In a word, comics. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, I know. There you have it. You know, that's another important thing about being a storyteller and making comics is uh, not only are hooks important, you got to keep those twists coming. 
And my twist for you this episode is that next episode, we're going to talk about comics. Shit, dude. You might not expect that from us, um, but you're going to have to learn to expect the unexpected <laughs> here on Hook Me Baby One More Time. Oh my god, get Our podcast here. that's hitting shelves today. <laughs> we are your story hookers, Pierce. <laughs> I'm Julian. We just talked over each other. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I'm Julian. And I'm Natasha. And I'm shit fuck. <laughs> and we read comics. <laughs> Sometimes. And this is Story Hooks. Yeah, thanks for listening. And um See you next time. Yeah, see you next time. In chapter two. <sighs> Bye. <laughs>